You are now tuned into Reppin' Sessions Podcast. Exclusive interviews with White Oak Roughneck Legends. Follow on Instagram and Facebook. Reppin' the Roughnecks. Reppin' Sessions Podcast, Episode 8. This one's going to be a continuous from Part 7. Uh, we're going to call this Episode 8, Part 2 of Honoring Roy Bruce. Uh, I'm not going to actually sit down and do a pod with anyone. Um, I'm actually just going to bring some clips from Cotton Miles' podcast and Jerry Davis's podcast, Mr. Undefeated, other things that were talked about when uh, mentioning Roy. Enjoy episode eight, part two, honoring Roy Bruce. I have a question too, and I know it might be a little touchy because the gentleman that passed away a couple years afterwards, the name Roy Bruce. They, oh, Roy Bruce. They said he was an absolute stud of an athlete of a football player. <laughs> he was a 5A player playing in Class A. Actually, Roy was an unusual person in many ways. He wasn't a very good student, and it didn't worry me. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to playing ball, he was ready to play ball. He went to TCU. He went to TCU and uh, got killed in a car wreck first Christmas while he was a freshman at TCU. Roy was capable of doing a lot of unusual things. I think the best example of Roy, the way he felt about school, he had an English class that he was failing. And the English teacher didn't want him. Then you fail one, he had to go back to the same place next year. Well, they didn't want him back. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they assigned him to a teacher says, if you'll write me a 15-page theme or term paper, we'll let that count as your grade. So he went and sat down and says, uh, when I was a kid, we had a cat in our house, and that cat got lost, so I got, I got out on the back porch and called, kitty, 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 kitty. He's supposed to write 1,500 1, words, 1,500 words. And he wrote, you could count them down to this 1,400 kitty, kitty. Uh, so he cared about ball, he didn't care about school. Oh, well, she passed him, he got it. <laughs> Nice and great move. Well, he is a roughhouse basketball player. Fouled out of most games. <laughs> <laughs> but he played basketball and was a baseball player and ran on both relay teams that won a state championship his senior year. You grew up with Roy. Y'all known each other for how long? Started the first grade. Did y'all know he was going to be special when you were playing with him? Did you know at the time that... What? Not not that early, but I'll tell you what, we knew, by the time we knew by the time we were in eighth grade because Roy was so tough. I, I just hated to have tackling drills with him. I mean, and I was in the backfield, my size equal Roy's size. We both weighed about the same. Mm-hmm. And Cotton would pair us up in a tackling drill, and Roy just buried me. I mean, that just, you know, he didn't bury me. all there was to it. So he was a monster in eighth grade, too. Oh, right? yeah. Eighth, ninth, tenth. He, uh, 
there's a when you look in the annuals, you'll see a a game that then we played uh, in commerce, and Roy was a starting fullback as a sophomore, and that commerce game was real close, and Roy basically his efforts won the ball game for us. How was he like personality wise? Was he quiet? No. No? Had fun. Yeah? Big fun. <laughs> he he uh I mean, he was mischievous. Roy, you know, I was a little kid, but you know, when you and I've looked back some of this stuff too, and you know, this is nineteen fifty seven. Yeah, fifty seven. Mm hmm I mean he was six one Two ten and ran a, you know, a nine eight hundred. I mean, he was a. I mean, that's a big man today. That's the best story about Roy Bruce. This is one that always comes to my mind first. We were playing that we were undefeated, and long in uh, it was getting late in October. The season was about over, and we played Mineola, who, who was undefeated. So naturally, the big game in East Texas that week was White Oak Mineola. We played in Mineola. So that afternoon, I, when I, at 2.30 started the last period, I got the team together. Says, now you can go home and eat, but eat light. Be careful what you eat. What you eat is going to make a lot of difference. And rest a while if you can. We'll be back, be back up here at 5 o'clock and we'd go to Mineola. So we went to Mineola. And it was a game just like they thought. We scored, they scored. Rocked along there into the fourth quarter, we was ahead <laughs> by one point. And uh, right at the end of the game, it was hot, it was a hot day. Right at the end of the game, they got the ball and got on a drive and got inside our 10. Now we're getting down to the last minute as we can. Mm -hmm. With that, shit, that kind of lead. Well, well, they ran the ball and Bruce made a tackle. They ran it again, Bruce made the tackle. Long story short, they ran four plays and got to the one yard line. Bruce made four tackles and we stopped in the last minute. Wow. Now if we can hold the ball till the end of the game, that's it. So I sent a substitute in and I says, okay, give it the ball to Bruce up the middle. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna run the ball call. We call 71A. And so we ran 71A and what happened? Roy breaks loose for 30 yards. So he gets out near midfield. And by the time they got all huddled up and the officials got everybody straight, it was time for one play. We ran Bruce up the middle again. <laughs> and all of a sudden there it looked like it's, there must have been 18 of the players, at least on the pileup. And you begin to see them shove and push and, and kick that big, big old pile of them was a kicking. Well, the fans, the fans thought it was a gang fight. So especially many old fans, 
down on the field they come. Oh no. I mean, there's hundreds of them. They got to the pile, but then I ran out there to see if I could get things under control. I says, what happened? They said, Roy vomited on all of them. He said he had too much to eat earlier in the day then. Oh, too much to eat? He had gone home where I got to eat and he ate a gallon of ice cream. <laughs> Uh, and it lasted till the last play of the game. Well, we got through pushing, shoving. Might have been a lick or two past, but I got all the players. Had to go up to Mineola and to leave the field. It, they had hedges all around it, but they had an opening in there like a gate. Boy, we went through that gate and went to the dressing room. And since we got, I got all the players in the dressing room, we locked the door. <laughs> well, they showered and played around with, we'd won the game and you know, everybody was happy. And when we got through with that, it was, a, I don't know, after 10 o'clock. We got back to the door and opened it and there must have been 250 old people between us and our bus. <laughs> I said, woo, we're not going out into that. So, I went in the office and called the highway patrol. I says, we and this coach Miles over here at the stadium and we need a little help. What's the matter? And I says, well, there's a lot of people trying to avoid us getting back to our bus. He said, well, coach, I'm sorry, but that's private property. We can't do anything about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, he didn't want to help, huh? And we were about an hour and a half later before we could get back to our bus. We had eight meals ordered there too, but we didn't stop to eat them. <laughs> I don't blame you, I would have went straight home. We went home. Didn't you tell me that Phil McFarland threw a real good block on a touchdown run? He did, he, he and Ronnie Adams. Ronnie Adams was the guard and Phil was the tackle. And we ran a, what was called a cross book, and all I did was open up, just handed the ball to Roy, and then Freddie Sutton came across on a fake, and Phil threw a good block, Ronnie got a good block, and Roy ran over two people and went 70 yards for the touchdown. Mm -hmm. And that was, I mean, he just, once, once he got out in the open field, you gotta, you gotta think about Roy, he was, uh, uh, at, at normal weight, he was 195 pounds, and he could run a 10-flat 100-yard dash. I mean, that was, in fact, our backfield the senior year, I ran a 10-4, Roy ran a 10-flat, Fred Sutton ran a 10-flat, and Matt Griffin ran a 10-2. It was, and, and the, the article that I, they put in the newspaper, that White Oak has the fastest backfield in the state of Texas. You know, uh, my junior year, amazingly enough, Hawkins played us tough. I mean, we beat them 20 to six here at White Oak and then went on and won that state championship. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I remember that as being tough, but then the next year, senior year, yeah. they were, they were getting all kinds of write-ups in the newspaper about how this was going to be the tough game 
And, you know, and there was yeah. doubts about which team was going to win it. And I'm telling you, Roy in that Hawkins game, I, th I think he scored four touchdowns, and, and we beat them just, we beat them 42 to nothing. Just slaughtered them. Coach Miles said he was a roughhouse basketball player. Yeah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> We played. I, know he got a, I know he got a foul down against Huntington. He pushed a yeah, little fat boy that was that, uh, that boy uh, that Roy hit, he bought my house from him when I left Nacogdoches. He he came into Nacogdoches and bought, I, I was in Nacogdoches four months yeah. and bought a house. And this kid bought the house. Did he know who you were? I, I, I told him, I told him, I said, you know, I'm, I went to White Oak and we played y'all in the state tournament, and and you know they were they were really good. Huntington was great, and then, and this old boy said, "I'm gonna tell you what," he said, "That Roy Bruce hit me and I hurt for two days." <laughs> <laughs> did he know Roy Bruce had gotten killed? No, I, do, I don't. Know, I don't remember whether he did or not. But Roy, the ball got free and was going toward kind of the Huntington bench. And Roy took off after it, and this kid took off after it. And I mean, Roy got there first, and then he laid the code to it to get that ball. You know, it was like, like Roy, it ain't football season no yeah, more. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, you know, somebody on the sideline said, well, I don't think I got that football out of him yet. <laughs> In that book that I brought, uh, Paul, that mm -hmm. uh, talks about how bad bad we beat up on Wilmer Hutchins. We played them in uh, Highland Park Stadium and and we had a we had a little we had a little hotel that was close to the stadium and that night, during the night, a blue norther blew in and it was sleeting and snowing and the field froze overnight. And and There'd been so much play taking place on the high park thing that it wasn't much grass on the field. Most of it was bare ground, and that, that doggone ground was frozen, mm. you know. And uh, but that that they had a guy named Wilson Parma, and um, I forget the, the he was a running back, and, and the other one was a quarterback. Both of them went to Kilgore Junior College. And I mean, we just beat them unmercifully. I mean, it was just, that's where Roy got five touchdowns. Bob got one, I think David Alexander caught one pass, and I had that long run. Correct me if I'm wrong. When we got kicked out, y'all, you as individuals, were disqualified from being all district or all state or anything, because I know, uh, I've looked in the yearbook and none of y'all are all well, state. Here's think about it. I, I that all district stuff is voting and all the coaches voting on mm -hmm. that that's what was all political. Okay. So you they just decided why that one go. Roy Bruce in the in the all East Texas team, a guy named Randy Ray from Leverage Chapel. Was named the, the the all all East Texas fullback, yeah. and he couldn't he couldn't have carried Roy Bruce's jockey strap. 
I mean, <laughs> he just went. And, and another thing was that uh, a guy named Duke Carlisle was a quarterback at Athens. We know who Duke Carlisle is. And I guarantee you, they they named me as, as the all East, all East Texas team, and Duke Carlisle should have been on there. I mean, that guy was a, but, but as far as all state and all district, y'all were stripped pretty much. Yeah. All of you. Yeah. <laughs> this is another one that's funny. This is a funny one. I mean, funny. Roy had to go, uh, because his grades are so low in high school, he had to go, in order to get TCU, he had to go take an exam, an entrance exam type thing. And uh, he went and took that entrance exam, and I, I went with him, and uh, he came out and they had graded the exam and they had told him that uh, he'd enter on probation. Now Roy didn't know what that meant. <laughs> Roy, Roy thought they was going to put him in jail. <laughs> and he, we went by Cotton's house and and uh, told he told Cotton that he made he made it uh, made enough from scoring, but he said they're going to put me on probation. What does that mean? <laughs> Did Cotton start laughing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cotton mentioned that uh, Roy was not the best of us. Oh no, yeah. he he just wanted to have a good time. He just gonna have fun, <laughs> you know. He had no no forty nine Chevrolet pickup truck, and the thing wouldn't start. I mean, he he couldn't get some. so to get it started every day. Up at, uh, he, his house was up on a hill. Yeah, we we he throw it up, he throw it up in neutral. And we'd both start running along beside it, pushing it, getting the speed up, and then we'd jump up and he'd pull it in gear and let out on the clutch and it'd start. Oh, <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have to park it over here at the school. You know, to, to probably start go, it Probably go down that hill by the tennis court. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> where we did it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one on Roy. Yeah. This, this occurred at TCU. We reported, you know, late that Varsity's already working out. Freshman came in, you know, just six, eight days after Varsity already started working out. And uh, we played as a freshman team. The freshman couldn't play with the Varsity right. at all. It was like we had our own schedule. Hmm. Well, the first day of practice, we were going, we were going to have tackling drills. And a guy named Jimmy McAteer, who was turned out to be real good buddies with Roy, they roomed together later. And uh, Jimmy looked across. There was Roy was in the group over here, and Jimmy was over here. And Jimmy said, "I saw Roy." And Roy at that time only weighed about 185, and Jimmy was close to 200. And Jimmy said, "I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him to be a partner." He lined up, they lined up and got a run start and hit. And I'm telling you, Roy tore his ass up. <laughs> and Jimmy was telling a story, he said, 
that's the hardest I've ever been hit in my life. Wow. He said, I said, how many, how many more times did you avoid him in that line? You've got somebody else to hit, you know? And he wow. said, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Roy had, had the, he'd had that uh, hemorrhoid thing and lost a lot of weight in the spring yeah. after the track season was over. And he had not gained his weight back when we reported his freshman up there. So he wasn't, he wasn't very big. But boy, in terms of being able to hit people and all, he, he hadn't lost any of that. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was tough. Mm. <laughs> Where were you when you found out Roy Bruce had died in an automobile accident? Um, my wife's father had a service station right there on Highway 80 in my da- in downtown Longview. And we pulled up, she and I pulled up into the driveway and her daddy came talking to us and said, I just heard that Roy Bruce got killed last night. Mm. And we couldn't, we couldn't believe it. And he, 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 he turned around and called Welch Funeral Home to verify and the Welsh Funeral Home verified that he was killed. You know, that happened on a Christmas Eve. Uh, he'd gone to a he'd gone to a Christmas party yeah. and was coming home and it, it was right just right down the hill. Yeah, you know, yeah. 150, yeah, 200 right down, yards right right down from where he lived. Where he hit that tree. Yeah. I'm going to say this, for several years, nobody wore number 22 in White Oak. Even after, even after I got out of high school, which I got out of high school in 1971, you can say 12, 13, I, I think even on through uh, the 70s, I don't think anybody wore 22. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it pops up. Mm-hmm. Speaking of 22, you gotta start a campaign. Speaking of 22, we are definitely starting a campaign. I've I've already uh, mentioned it on the Rep and the Roughnecks Instagram page. Me and James are set on getting this man's jersey retired. Still holds the record in White Oak for rushing. Um, and just uh, the athlete he was, every, everything that everyone's told us about Roy. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think it's definitely important for that yeah. to happen. Obviously, me doing all this, learning the history of White Oak, hearing all the stories of Roy Bruce, um, still leads White Oak in the all-time rushing record. We have a plan, and we want to get his number retired. 22 has not been retired in White Oak yet. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Uh, James said after Roy died, nobody wore the number for many years. Years. But we definitely want to get his number retired. Oh, I think it ought to be. And that was the next question I was about to ask. What do you? How do you feel about that? About Roy Bruce? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it'd be very appropriate. Absolutely. And there we have it. So you heard it from Mr. Cotton Miles. Roll, roughnecks, roll.